Good morning, everybody. It's good to, to, to be, see everybody or have everybody join us this morning uh, it, via our live stream and our podcast. If you get a chance, sometimes the live screen, screen gets a little jumpy. We do upload it afterwards where you can join in and see it later. Uh, the quality is a lot better. The podcast will be available this afternoon, so I urge you to watch these, and you can listen to them or watch them at your leisure. Uh, but as we get into this Still in the pandemic phase of worship. Don't know when we'll get to actually worship together again. Uh, I know the 15th, they're supposed to look at everything again, but we'll wait and see. We just have to wait to see how everything goes. Uh, we'll let you know. We'll put out announcements. As soon as we can have a, a, a sanctuary full of people looking forward to that day, it, this is a totally different thing as we get into it. But as we get started, let's have a word of prayer and then we'll get started with some singing. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this wonderful day. Father, I, I lift up the church family to you. Lord, I pray for those that are, are sick. Lord, I ask you to touch them in just a, a wonderful way. Lord, be with those that have lost loved ones this past week. Lord, I pray that you comfort them, dear Heavenly Father. Father, as we come together this morning, Lord, I know that many people have answer, questions and they don't have answers. So, Lord, I pray you, you guide them in the direction they need to go. Lord, with, with fears and things that they're battling with, Father, I pray that you help each person, dear Heavenly Father. Lord, as we come to this morning, Lord, let us offer our sacrifice of praise to you, dear Heavenly Father. Lord, as we come just to worship, to enjoy being in your presence, dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless us, be with those that's in need. In the Lord's name I pray, amen. Is Gina? All right, we are going to start off at page 435 of the Baptist Hymn.
Bibles this morning. Let's go to the book of Mark. Book of Mark, chapter nine. You know, as we as we're in a the the time we're in, one of the things I think that a lot of people struggle with is unbelief. Well, you know, I prayed, and God, and you hadn't answered my prayers and things such as that, and it's something that's kind of hard to understand. Lee Strobel said this. He said, "For many Christians, merely having doubts of any kind can be scary." They wonder where their questions disqualify them from being followers of Christ. They feel insecure because they're not sure whether it's permissible to express uncertainties about God, Jesus, or the Bible. So they keep their questions to themselves and inside unanswered. They grow and fester until eventually it succeeds in choking out their faith. And you think about that. We sometimes think, well, it's hard as a Christian to, to admit that we have questions or we, we have un, uh, 
doubts about what God's doing. And in today's society with everything going on, God, why this? You know, here we have, why at Easter do we not get to worship together? Why Mother's Day are we probably not going to get to worship together? You know, Lord, we why? And, and we wonder why. So, well, and, and then, you know, people say, well, the, the, the state's attacking the church. And I think sometimes God's just letting us see he's still in control. He took a lot of things away from us for us to focus on the most important thing. And, and so every time we think about it, but there's doubts. I've had doubts. Have you ever doubted whether or not you're saved? you ever doubted whether or not anything? No, you, just, you, you look and, and we're bombarded daily with science. We're bombarded with things that tell us uh, uh, that this is not true, that's not true. We got to deal with our doubts with our faith. You know, uh, uh, you know, you got to think doubts come in different forms. They come with you, you get sorrow from them. You get disappointments and loss. They come when you have personal wounds, like if you lose a job. And man, I know there's a lot of people right now, they're out of work. And they're like, well, God, I was trying my best. I was, I was working. I was, I was going to church. And now here I am. And they don't understand it. Or, or maybe you have bad health. And maybe that, that, gone through that. And you wonder, why, God? Why am I going through this? And it's okay to have these doubts. In Mark chapter 9, starting in verse 17, Jesus gives us a, a, a wonderful idea about people with doubts. And it says, It says, One of the multitudes asked, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which has a dumb spirit. Whatsoever I take him, he tears him, and he foameth, and he gnashes with his teeth, and pines away. I speak to the, speak to the disciples, and, and they could not cast him out. And they could not. And he answered and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you and bring him, bring him unto me? So we see here, there's a man, he's got a son, and the son's got this possess, is possessed, basically, with the spirit. And he, he's always hurting himself. And so the man brings his son, and Jesus at this time had been up on the mountain with some of the disciples at the Mount of Transfiguration. The others were waiting down. And so here the, he, he brings his, his, his son to the disciples and says, can you cast this out of my son? Can you make him whole? Because they've seen him do it. They've seen that this has happened. So he knew it could happen, and when the disciples couldn't. And Jesus says, you, you faithless generation, because they didn't really believe in themselves. They, didn't, they, they, they doubted what was going on. So they brought him unto him in verse 20. When he saw him, he straightway the spirit tear him, and he fell to the ground, wallowing in foam. And he asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, of a child. Oftentimes he cast himself into the fire and into water to destroy him. But thou can do anything. Have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said unto him, if thou can believe, all things are possible to him that believe. And straightway the father of the child come out, cried out, and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. 
What a powerful statement. Lord, I know you're Jesus. I know you're the Savior. I know you're the Messiah. But, but Jesus, I've got doubts. I don't understand why this is happening. And that happens to all of us. God, I know you're my Savior. I know who you are. But I have doubts. That's like some people, it amazes me that today in the, there, there are people who says, I know who Jesus is. I've heard all about him. I, I understand he's God's son. But they doubt. Doubting a lot of times is a condition of the heart. And you've got to ask yourself first, where's your faith? For, for is, it, is it in the world what you're trusting for? Or is it in Jesus Christ? No, the psalmist said in Psalms 28, 7, he said, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusteth in him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices and my song will I praise him. No, that, that's how I hope I can be all the time. God, I know who you are and I trust you and I praise you. But there's a lot of people who can't say that verse is their life. There's many who say, I believe, you know, in the Lord. My question is today, though, is, is he your savior in the Lord of your life? Just knowing who he is doesn't get you really anything. I know there's a million dollars in the bank, but guess what? I can't get to it. Boy, it's not mine. Just knowing about it's not enough. Just knowing that Jesus or saying Jesus is God's son isn't enough. So if you was to die right now, you know, that could happen to anybody. You know, if you was to die or you was to go outside in this beautiful day, staring up, wow, there's the sun, look, there's people, boom, get hit by a car. What would happen to you if you was to die? Would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? I guarantee you, most people say, I'd go to heaven. I'd go. I'm a good person. My, my, my good outweighs my bad. You know, are you a good person? Would that get you? You know, if you're good, by whose standards are you good? You know, if we look at the really, the, if we're going to heaven, then we need to use the standards of, of who created heaven. That'd be God's standards. So here's a couple questions you'd ask yourself. You ever told a lie? Just a little one. Honey, does this dress make me look fat? Does my hair look good? My wife found out if I went wrinkle my nose, it don't matter if I say yes, she says I'm lying. What about have you ever stole anything? Ever been in the bank where they got those pens? It does not say free pen, but most people take one. What about this? Have you ever took the Lord's name in vain? Just about everybody has. Here's one. You ever looked on the member of the opposite sex with lustful thoughts? See, if you, if you answered yes to these, here's what you've admitted, that you're a lying, thieving, adulterous, blasphemer at heart. So how's your good going to outweigh your bad? There's no way. No, the Bible tells us, Paul told us in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The only way to be good enough to get to heaven is to have no sin. But we all have it. But we got good news. 
John 3, 16 and 17 says, For the God so loved the world that he gave not his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Paul then tells us in Romans 5a, he says, God commended his love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, so I, I love these verses and I love what he said in Romans 10, 9 and 10, thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and shall believe in thine heart that the Lord has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You want to know what a lot of our problem is? Many of us don't believe what we say. So how many people today can say, Lord, I want to believe what I say. I know I'm a sinner. I just said, I just admitted that, that I'm, a, I'm a, a, a sinner to really to the worst degree. The Bible says if you confess it and you believe it in your heart, you can be saved. All you got to do is believe what you say. You know, the Bible says, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. All you got to do is just believe it and admit it, what you say, and you can be saved. It's as simple as saying a prayer. I say, I'm going to say it just about every service I'm doing live. Now, is this simple prayer. You just pray this prayer. You say, Lord, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I, I ask for your forgiveness. I believe in Jesus Christ as your son. I believe that he died for my sins, that you raised him to life. I want to trust him as my savior and follow him as Lord from this day forward. Guide my life. Help me to do your will. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. It's a simple prayer, but just believe it. And you, you, can, you can have something that a lot of people who have no unbelief have, faith in Jesus Christ. So though if you're a child of God and you have unbelief, how do you handle that? See, it's easy for us as Christians, it's easy to see when we didn't believe in Jesus. Now we do. And if you just said that prayer you, 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 and you meant it, then now you believe that Christ is your Savior. You said it, you confessed it. Now you just got to get out and tell everybody about it. But as Christians, how do we believe? How do we handle our unbelief? How do we, as, as, even as a pastor, how do I handle my unbelief? You know, you know, what about the things that hinder my faith? One, the first thing we need to do is be sure we're praying. It's the greatest tool we have. You know, whenever you have doubts, ask God for his help. He, he tells us we can. Listen to this in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Paul said this, he said, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You got something that's causing you to doubt, Lord, I don't, I don't know why I'm sick. I don't know why we're going through this. Pray about it. Seek God about it. He said right here, his peace will help you through it. You think about, about Paul as he struggled. He had a problem in his life. He struggled. He said, God, I prayed to God three times and asked God to help me. And finally, God said, my grace is sufficient. 
Paul, I'll help you get through this time of this thing that's driving you down, that's hurting you. You know, when was the last time you prayed about your doubts? Listen to the story about the disciples. It said Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 26. It says that when he entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch the ship was covered with waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came unto him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he said unto them, Why are ye fearful? Oh, ye of little faith. And he arose and he rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. You know, and as I, I love that story because one, here you got a group of men. Jesus said, we're going on the other side and a storm comes and, and, and they forgot what he said was going to the other side. He didn't say it was going to be an easy trip, but he says, we're going. And, and here they, they, in the middle of the storm, the waves are fixing to sink the boat. Finally, somebody got the great idea. Let's ask Jesus for help. Isn't that an awesome thing to think about? Let's wait till we're, woo, we're about to drown. Let's ask Jesus for help. But the thing is, you read the story, he, he gets on to it, he rebukes him, you of little faith, you forgot who you had with you. Our thing is, we don't need to let the storms overcome us when we had the one right here with us who could control the storms. Cry out for it. Look what he did. He calmed it. He got rid of the storm. He'll help you through it. Maybe what we need to do too to help our doubts, not only pray, but we need to change our thinking sometimes. You know, much of our doubt comes from how we feel, not what we know. Anybody, emotions gather, you know, control them. Mine do. I've learned sometimes shut up and not say nothing when I'm angry or when I'm upset because then I have to dig myself out of a pit that I put myself in. You know, we, we need to learn that. You know, you know, how many of you have ever said this, though? You've done something wrong. I don't feel saved. Or I don't feel loved. Or sometimes I don't feel like God can forgive me. You know, our, our, our faith should never be based on how we feel, but one, on what God's word tells us. Second Corinthians 10, verse 5, Paul told us this. He says, casting down imagination, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We need to change our mind to where the one thing we're realizing is that Christ can control everything. There's nothing you can't be forgiven of. There's nothing you can't be unloved for. We need to realize God said, for God so loved the world, that includes you, that he gave his only begotten son. So that doesn't mean just for the lost. That means for us as Christians, when we get to feeling down and depressed, Christ loved us he said bring these thoughts into captivity don't let them run wild how many of you ever had you you get to thinking about something i'm bad about this 
I'll think of every bad way it's going to turn out. Isn't it amazing how it never turns out the way you plan it to? Because God's in control. Now, now listen to this. Romans 10, 17 says, So faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith is the opposite of doubt. Realize that. Therefore, to get rid of doubt, both emotional election, we need to replace doubt with the truth. You got something that's you can't unthink. See what God's word says about it. I'm not loved. God loves you. I can't be forgiven. The Bible says you can be forgiven. Look it up. Get in his word. Jesus said this. He says in John 8, 32, you shall know the truth and the truth shall what? Set you free. We hold ourselves captive to doubt so many times because we're, it's like we, we put Jesus in a box or the Holy Spirit in a box and we're not going to him. We've left him asleep in the boat instead of crying out to him. When the storm started coming up, they might have should have said, Hey, Jesus, it's going to be a rough ride. Can you help us out? Instead of, we're fixing to perish. We've tried everything we could. Could you imagine? Here's 12 guys, 13 guys in a boat. It can't be that big of a boat. And they're all in there. Jesus is asleep. And I can just see the 12 trying to get water out of it, holding on for dear life. You know, they, they didn't have life jackets back then. They, they couldn't call on the radio. They waited until it got so bad. Jesus never woke up. What tells you somebody got peace can sleep through a storm like that? Change the way you think. You need to, to do this to, to be able to pray, to be able to change your mindset. You need to surround yourself with the right things. To handle doubt, our problem is sometimes what we have around us. Paul said this in Philippians. He wrote to the church of Philippi. He said in Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. He said, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Paul told them to, to have the right kind of things in their life. Get rid of the negative. Put some good things in your life. You, you, you know, uh, I was talking at work one day and, and somebody was talking about music. And actually I was talking to somebody this past week. And they talked about, they, they said, well, I like this certain style of music. And then they said, but the thing is, I realize it's all about drinking. And it's all about getting a divorce. Divorce. And I said, well, maybe you need to change what you're listening to to something more positive. You know, start listening to some Christian music. Start reading your Bible. Turn the television off every once in a while. 
That's like, you know, I found that the only way I can lose weight is if I stay away from the refrigerator. It's hard to do sometimes. we're, We're content. We get in a lifestyle. Satan's got us and he puts us in places where things are bad around us. And instead of us looking for the right things, we focus on what's around us. You need to get to those things which are pure, those things which are just. I like what he says, if there be any praise in these things. Let me ask you a question. The things you're doing... During the day, would Jesus be happy standing beside you while you're doing them? You, have you ever thought about what you're watching on television, what you're reading, how you're acting? Surround yourself with the right things. You know, it, 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 if you surround yourself with negativity all the time, it's going to sap all the peace and joy you got out, out of you. They've been around somebody negative that never sees the good before long. You're just like them. You know, uh, and it's hard to do. Being a Christian, it's hard to do. Listen to this. Jesus said it. I'll tell you how hard it is. He tells us exactly. In Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14, he says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there... Be which go in thereat. He said, here's the way most people are going. It's easy. Then he says this, because straight is the great gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. Few there be that find it. It's easy to go along with the negative crowd. It's hard to do something different. You think as a Christian, how many people... Uh, ever asked you, you go to church on Sundays, every Sunday. Now, if you go back on Sunday nights, you go twice. You even go on Wednesdays. That's different. But I'll tell you, having Christ as the center of your life can make you a whole lot more happy than anything the world can get you. And the last thing, is you need to grow. See, the problem with a lot of Christians is we got saved and we stopped. We became content. I know Jesus is my Savior, but He's not my Lord because I'm still in control of my life. See, the more you learn about Jesus, the more you want. I listened to a story the other day, and it was this evangelist. He was preaching, and a young man told him at the end of his service, he said, everything you said sounded so good. You cleared up all my questions. And I I just wanted to tell you how much I admired that. And one day I might have... God in my life. And so the man just got talking to him. He said, well, if, uh, if I answered all your questions and you really believe, do you want to pray right now? He says, oh, no, I couldn't. I can't change my lifestyle because of all my friends. I tried, but I just don't want to give up. See, that's what happens to a lot of us. We're more afraid of what we might lose, but so we need to grow. We need to study the Word of God. What you know, it amazes me. I talked to a Christian one time. He had been a Christian for 
for decades and we were talking about something in the Bible. And he says, oh, no, that's not in there. And I opened it up and showed him and he said, well, I never knew that was in there. See, the only way you're, you're getting God's word is listening to me or to another preacher. You're not studying God's word. Paul told Timothy, he said, all scripture in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Here's what Paul said. Timothy, study the word because this is your guidebook in the life. Here's your owner's manual. Here's your map. Here's what you need. If you don't grow because you're not reading. Another way to grow is to rejoice. Hard to do right now when, when, when the church is as empty. There's, there, there's less than 10 of us here today. And, and I tell you, you can hear my voice echoing off the walls. And it's hard. You say, how do you rejoice when we can't be together? You don't have to be together. The Bible says we're two or more gathered in his name. He's in the midst of them. Let me tell you a secret. My Bible tells me that I'm indwelled with the Holy Spirit. So there's two right there already. And so if that's true, I could rejoice. God told, <coughs> told uh, Joshua, who was fixing to go into battle, listen to this, Joshua 1, 9 says, Have I not commanded thee? Be strong, be of good courage, don't be afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee wheresoever thou goest. Going to rejoice? Rejoice because God's with you all the time. Don't worry about doubts, don't worry about fears, God's got you. Every once in a while, just stop, shout, and say amen, and just one, everybody's going to think you're crazy, but hey, they'll leave you alone, amen? You want social distance? Go through Walmart singing Amazing Grace. Just praise God and, and people leave you alone. We ought to rejoice. I rejoice because my Lord loved me enough that he sent somebody to tell me the gospel. That I was able to accept him as my savior. I am so God glad and I rejoice because God loves me so. And the last thing is we need to remember. The psalmist said this, Psalms 34, verses 7 through 10. The angel of the Lord encamped round about them that fear him and dwell and delivereth them. Excuse me. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. Young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But they that seek the Lord shall not want anything good. You want to handle your doubts? Seek God. Try them out. Go to them. And realize doubt sometimes can be handled just by going to the right person. Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, this morning, Lord, I know that many of us have doubts. Lord, as we look at the world and the things that's happening, 
it's hard to sometimes understand or see what you have in store for us. Father, I believe that, that you're reaching people in ways that haven't been done before. And Father, I, I, I pray that these words can go out and be heard and can touch lives. Lord, all over America this morning, there are services being broadcast. There are, there are drive-in services. Father, I pray that people have a hunger for you. Lord, maybe what we need to do is see how you're working during this time to relinquish all doubts that we have. So, Father, if there's somebody out there that's having doubts today, Lord, I pray that you let them realize all they got to do is reach out. You're right there. All they got to do is seek you. So, Father, I pray that you help those who are saying, help me with my unbelief. I've been there, and I know that you can restore that unbelief. Bless the church and bless those who need today. In the Lord's name I pray, amen. Yeah.
to the moon.